Lisa Miller from Men's Wear by Woman Podcast. Happy New Year to you all. Uh, wishing you the most amazing 2023. Um, just wanted to quickly also say thank you so much for all your support. It's been incredible 2022 with the podcast. And without your support, I don't think I could have achieved it all at all, actually. So I just wanted to say thank you to the subscribers, the guests, the listeners, um, all of you guys actually making this happen um, without your help, without your support. I don't think I could have achieved it or made this happen. So thank you once again for listening to the podcast. I hope, um, well, I know for a sure that 2023, I'm going to bring more episodes and episodes about things that you don't hear about it in menswear or anybody talks about it. So here's to 2023. I'm sure it's going to be another year of up and down, but I'm hoping it's going to be more ups and downs. So thank you so much once again for listening. And um, yeah, I, I'm just truly, truly, I'm grateful to every one of you guys who have actually started to listen or have been listening throughout all this time and totally grateful to you for your support. So here's to 2023 and this episode is well the guy that I well now I've just said what he who he is well I haven't mentioned the name but I have been chasing him and um, it's been going on going for a whole year where I've asked him to come on to the podcast he couldn't make it if I could make it he couldn't make it I um, if he could make it I couldn't make it and it's been going on for a whole year so my patience my perseverance thought I'm going to get this guy to come on to the podcast no matter how long it takes and finally it's happened he is here he was on this podcast and it's been an absolutely brilliant uh, worth the wait for a whole year so I hope you all enjoy it and here's to 2023 and here's to the new episode Hi everyone, it's Samilla uh, from Men's Wear by a Woman podcast and my guest today, I must admit, um, I have been asking him to come on for some time and I am so, so, so grateful that he has decided to come on. Um, he's one of the most stylish men on Instagram, um, I would say very dandy as well. Um, his name is Louis Christo, I hope I said the surname right, I apologise if I haven't. Louis, are you there? I'm here. Hi, Samir. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Thank you for having me, and thank you for the very kind words. Um, well, you know, it's all true, though. You are very stylish, <laughs> and very, I mean, you're one of the most stylish guys on Instagram. Oh, I appreciate Square. that. Thank you. So, Louis, how did it all begin with um, being so stylish? <laughs> <laughs> um... Do you know what? I've been into clothing um, for as long as I can remember, really. I mean, even in sort of childhood. Um, right. I was, was always into into clothing. Um, I, I can vividly remember um, sort of being taken by my by my mum to a, um, 
a shop in in Angel, Islington, okay. and I was right. I was only about eight or nine. Um, time. And it, it was to um, it was to buy a, a Lacoste Harrington. Oh. Um, and I remember how how I felt when I when I put it on right. um, and looked in the mirror. Um, and yeah, I, I would say that um, from from as as young as eight or nine, um, I had a love for clothing, and then that just kind of um, continued throughout my teens, throughout my adolescence, um, and then I, I suppose I, I really started forging a, a kind of identity and and using clothing as a form of self expression. Um, right. Towards the end of my my secondary school life and then when I left school um and started getting into vintage clothing yeah um and started sourcing original uh, um vintage pieces and uh, the kind of stuff that I was going for um I, I would say was influenced and inspired by um by my dad primarily um who sort of went through various subcultural incarnations in the seventies and the eighties. And he would kind of like throughout my childhood, he would kind of regale me with, um, with tales of these subcultures and the, the threads oh. that they wore and yeah. the, the kind of concomitant or attendant music, uh, and lifestyle that, that went along with those clothes. Um, so when I first started getting into vintage in my, my late teens, yeah. um, it was kind of inspired by sort of a, a suede head look and then um, kind of soul boy. Um, yeah. And then what, what my, my dad would regard as kind of elitist casual. So it was um, kind of 80s, 80s sportswear. Yeah, the, the, um, the best, I think one of the best sportswear gear was in the 80s. Yeah, so it would have been yeah. a sort of a, a kind of late seventies, early eighties yeah. that, that I adopted to begin with, and it kind of it kind of just evolved from there. But yeah. but like I said, from from childhood, I had a kind of a love for clothing and um, and the way clothing made me feel. Right. Um, and it, it, I would say primarily, it's a form of self-expression, um, and I, I kind of created an identity through clothing from from quite a young age would you think that um the way the clothing is at the moment in menswear do you think that it at all relates to what you're trying to do at the moment um do you know what when it when it comes to modern or contemporary menswear i don't yeah. i don't really keep abreast of what's going on to be honest i used to um <laughs> And I, I, I used to, I used to be into trends, and I, I would say that um, probably in my my early to mid twenties, um, yeah, I kind of had a for for what would be on trend. Um, I suppose a, a kind of form of uh, trend forecasting, um, yeah. and I used to find it quite quite enjoyable to kind of predict what the next big thing would be. Yeah. Um, but of late, I would say in the last, I don't know, five years or so, um, I've almost kind of taken myself out of the game, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so not not too aware of what's going on in contemporary menswear. 
It's really weird how you say that because I, I don't think I've ever looked into menswear as trend forecasting or anything like that because I think, um, I don't know, I just don't feel like it's it's a part of me anymore or when I was working for other people maybe, but I never ever thought, felt like menswear, that you know, trend forecasting for menswear. It, it just feels, I don't know, it just doesn't feel right for me. If that makes any yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Mm. Um, I think the thing is with uh, trend forecasting as well, with with fashion and yeah. style, whatever you, a lot of it's kind of cyclical. Um, so I think it, it it's possible to sort of extrapolate from what's happened in the past um, and predict what is going to be on trend. Um, which, I, like I said, I, I used to enjoy doing that, um, particularly in my early 20s when there was a time when I wanted to get into um, like fashion buying. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was really into that. But I don't know if it's just partly because I've, I've found a style that, that works for me, yeah. um, a, a style that enables me to express myself. But also I think um, the way I buy clothing has, has changed over the last 10 years or so. Um, and I would say my, my wardrobe is 80 or 90% vintage now. Wow. Um, and I, I like I like adding to that right, with okay. more vintage pieces. Um, so it, it, makes, it makes it less transient. Um, so you're kind of, you're, you're, you're building a look that, that can kind of evolve and mm-hmm. that you can embellish or add to. Whereas I think... Um, fashion yeah. uh, and contemporary menswear is maybe um, more ephemeral yeah um, so it it makes it more difficult to do that to sort of build a look and gradually evolve it becomes more more disposable more fleeting Louis how did you go I mean how do you go about in you know going to the one of the vintage shops and buying stuff that you know, because we're vintage shops, right? You know, it's what's what's whatever's there, it's there. Do you know what I mean? It's not like you're not. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like basically whatever's there, that's it. So how do you go about it in getting your own style with the vintage kind of clothing? Um, I mean, more more often than not, I've got I've got a rough idea of the kind of thing that I'm looking for. Right. Um. So my my most recent. Vintage purchase was a um, a seventies leather jacket, um, and this this particular style of seventies leather jacket I'd been lusting after for a while. Um, so when I saw that and tried it on and it fitted, I knew I had to have it. Um, so more often than not, it will be sort of having a rough idea of of what I want to add to my wardrobe. So I know whether it's a, a pair of trousers or a jacket or whatever that I'm looking for, um, and then. Often at other times, it's just a, a case of walking into a shop and seeing something and being like, I, I have to have that. Um, and I think the beauty of vintage is um, they're, they're one-offs. Um, yeah. So if you see something that you fall in love with and it fits, just you're like, it. right, I, I have to have that. And I, I like the idea that that no one else will have what I've got. Yeah. Uh, it's... I was going to say it's not mass produced. I suppose it, it might have been mass produced at some point, but there aren't many of them around anymore. So you know that that what you have is um, 
pretty unique. But but yeah, I would say more often than not, I, I'm looking for something, maybe not necessarily something specific, but I'll know what kind of thing I'm after. And then I'll, I'll go on the hunt for that and I'll look online as well. There's um, numerous vintage dealers uh, that I, I follow on Instagram um, and they'll kind of keep me apprised of what's, um, what they've got. Um, so I've kind of kind of made it known among the um, the local vintage shops what I'm after and what my size is, so they can just kind of get in contact if something comes in that they might that they might think I'll like. There's a lot more, um, you know, with the vintage market. There's quite a huge market for it now than ever before. I think. Or am I oh, absolutely. Wrong? Yeah, because I feel like there's more. There's huge market of it now. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's um it's such a kind of broad range as well when yeah. you um when you when you think of vintage um what that what that kind of um what that means um I think it's become so so broad um in terms of um eras um yeah. as there's a lot of uh shops around like Brick Lane who who regard themselves as vintage shops and they're selling um, what I would call um, second-hand clothing rather than sort of um, real vintage. Um, but the, the beauty of that is there's, there's kind of something for everyone. Yeah. You've got the more kind of niche, esoteric, specialist vintage stores that... Um, that will go right back to early 20th century and then you've got the um the the vintage shops that'll kind of go right up to the 2010s um and it actually makes me feel pretty old when um because i work at the barbershop i'm a barber and i get um clients coming in who are sort of like vintage enthusiasts um probably like late teens um and they'll ask for a haircut that, that I had when I was a teenager. Right. And they'll be wearing clothes <laughs> I wore when I was a teenager. And they're kind of vintage enthusiasts, so it makes me feel pretty old. But, um, but yeah, I suppose to, to people of that generation, of that age, that, that is vintage because it's, yeah. it's now like 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, well, but yes, it's a market and it's, it's very popular at the moment. And... Um, I think it's a good thing because it's it's sustainable. Yeah, and that's the key of it, I think. But what do you why, why do you think the vintage is far more like I feel like vintage is taking over fashion. <laughs> Absolutely, and I think even if it's not um, original vintage pieces, there's a lot yeah. of um, a lot of sort of vintage inspired or repro brands out there at the moment. Exactly. They're doing fantastic. Um, pretty sort of accurate, authentic um, vintage reproduction. Um, and I think it, in some ways it goes back to what I was saying earlier about um, fashion being cyclical. Yeah. Um, and it's just the trends come back around, don't they? Yeah. Um, and I think because there's, there's such a, a plethora, there's such an abundance of clothing already out there, um, it kind of makes sense to, to recycle it and then wear it again. And if you're if you're trying to create um, a look from from a particular decade or era, and there's the original pieces out there to to create that look, then why not go for them? 
Louis, what's the difference between a menswear rifle, secondhand, and vintage? Um, for me, I would say, and this is only my opinion, I would say um, how, how old it is, pretty right, much. Okay. Um, me, anything, anything from 2000 onwards, yeah. um, so let's say about up to about 20 years old, um, I would regard a secondhand rather than vintage. Right. Anything... Um, I suppose even 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 right up to the nineties can be regarded as as vintage now. I don't like to think of it as vintage because, like I said earlier, it makes me feel old. Um, <laughs> but 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 I suppose it is. Like the nineties is now thirty years ago. Um, yeah, wow. So I think anything <laughs> about two thousand would I would regard as second hand rather than vintage. Do you think right? You know, with all the. Yeah, as you said, um, like teenagers or younger generation, they're all like enthusiasts of uh, vintage. Do you think that's because they're during their time there hasn't been a subcultural menswear or anything like that? Absolutely, I think that's a very good point because I often think about why um, why I love vintage so much and and why I sort of look to um, sort of historical subcultures yeah. um, for. And um, I mean, I was born in the late eighties, and, and I don't think there's a there's been a sort of subcultural movement or a trend or whatever yeah. um, in my lifetime. Um, Which is quite sad if you think about it, because if you look at menswear at the moment, there isn't any subcultural or any trend in that sense where it, there was before. No, there isn't, and I've, I've often thought about the reasons for that, and I, I, okay. I think. The um, the internet and globalization, maybe yeah, yeah. where the things are most things are kind of ubiquitous now, aren't they? Like, um, like when I was a kid, and um, oh, when I got my my Lacoste Harrington um, from that shop in Angel, like there there yeah. were probably very few other shops in London where you could go and get that same thing. Um, so everything was more kind of localized. Um, so you could have a kind of um, a sort of a, a gestation or an incubation period with subcultures and they, they could be a very kind of local thing. Whereas I think with internet and globalisation, um, you can you can wear what someone in the States is wearing. Um, and it just, it kind of creates a, um, almost like a uniformity. Yeah. Um. And I think subcultures in the, the 50s, 60s, 70s, they were a more kind of local thing, yeah. um, initially anyway. Because so I remember, right, I, think I, I remember when I used to go and get trainers, right, and you, you're talking about Angel, and my school was just around the corner in Angel, Chapel Market. So, yeah. Um, but um, I used to get trainers, right, there was a trainer shop, right, in Nags Head, in Holloway Road near Nags Head Market and it was a sports oh, yeah. shop right and we used to he used to cut he used to get such nice I mean amazing trainers and you know when there was no internet and all that stuff and Instagram and all that and you you would go there and you'd be like it's like a child in a sweet shop you know because the trainers yeah. were just amazing trainers and you don't get that anymore you know you just don't get that feeling no, you of I also feel um, wistful or nostalgic for that. Um, yeah. Before I got 
clothing um, before the age of eight. Um, I, I used to love football kits. Um, oh, yeah. And my brother and I, we used to collect football kits. Um, but not not any football kit. It would have to be kind of um, obscure foreign kits. Okay. And there was that place in London um, where you could get those kind of kits. And it was a shop called Soccer Scene in Carnaby Street. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> And every year on my birthday, it was like a, a pilgrimage to soccer scene in Carnaby Street. Yeah. Um, and I used to love going there and um, buying a football kit that I knew that no one else would have unless they knew about soccer scene in Carnaby Street. And it's similar yeah. to you with the trainers where yeah. you're, you're like a kid in a quick shop and yeah. it's, the, it's the exclusivity of it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and this shop, right, used to have the exclusive trainer so nobody used to get and you couldn't I mean you know before all of these massive sports shops and globalization came along but he used to get them like you know he used to get them limited editions but limited stock at the same time so yeah once it's gone it's gone you're not getting it back again basically yeah you know and I miss those days actually I really do miss that kind of shopping feel that you're probably the only one or who's got that kind of trainers absolutely and it was that kind of one-upmanship as yeah. well wasn't it yeah. so if you went into school with those trainers that's or, it or, or them, <laughs> so you were the most no, trendiest person going yeah. <laughs> absolutely but if you, if you were lucky enough to go to the states in the, the 90s or the early 90s when you could get trainers exactly. um, and that you couldn't get over it no you couldn't and we, and I remember just, you know, you, you would see them on some of the American shows. Absolutely, yeah. And I think that's what's, um, that's what's actually missing um, now, I think, in menswear at the moment. And, and when you look at teenagers, um, you know, the vintage enthusiasts, um, and you feel like they don't have that kind of, well, there isn't anything, is it, for them to say, oh, you know, we're living, you know, it was during our time, the subcultural of menswear, which isn't anymore at the moment. I no, think. absolutely. And I think even even in my own lifetime, and I'm like nearly 35 now, um, I would say possibly the kind of scene star or indie boy look from my, my late teens, which was... Um, Skinny jeans um, before they became ubiquitous and sort of um, pointed pointed shoes by the the brand Swear, which used to be on um, Carnaby Street. May, maybe that look, um, which was always a little bit too grungy for my liking. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of adopted elements of that look, but in a um, I don't know a, a less grungy kind of way. Do you think um, Dandy's coming back as well? Because there's a lot of dandy, there's loads of dandy books, there's a Instagram, there's loads of talks about dandyism. Is that coming back? Are you on one? I think so, yeah. Well? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I think, um, and I think that's a positive thing because it yeah. means it means people are dressing up. Um, and maybe that's a, a kind of a, a response or a reaction to to dressing down over the last however long um so i think it's it's definitely a positive thing it's, it's nice to see people dressing up Louis, how do you and that's kind of a go on sorry it's, it's quite a, a sort of a vintage for want of a better word mentality um 
Well, I always remember my my um my granddad was always impeccable. Um right. always kind of well presented. And he would every morning he would get up and he would put um shirt and tie on. Um yeah. irrespective of whether he was leaving the house that day or not. Yeah. Um so it's it's kind of a yeah, kind of a vintage mentality to to wanna get dressed up and to wanna find and that's a and big part of dandyism. Uh, and it's it's so um, you're so right because my dad, my uncles, <clears throat> every morning they would get up, shave, you know, put, um, you know, they look so smart. Even if they're not going out anywhere, you know, they would still look smart yeah. in in a sense, you know. And and uh, and you look at my cousins, my brother hasn't shaved, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that kind of feel. <laughs> you just think. Okay, yeah. and when you look at, uh, at the other generation, like my dad's <clears throat> generation, impeccable. Like the way they would shave, the way they would wear their suits, shoes, shined, tie, and it's like compared to now, with you know, with my with our generation, like my cousins and all that, like, t-shirt, not shaved, you know, trainers, yeah. jeans, and that's it basically. And you just think. God, it's changed a lot. And it's quite nice to see you guys, like, bringing, you know, looking so great in a sense where you're wearing your vintage gear, dandyism is coming back. It feels like a quite a positive vibe in menswear at the moment. Very positive vibe, but very individual Absolutely. vibe. Yeah, I think so. Um, and that sort of getting up and, and getting ready and shaving and putting shirt and tie and whatnot on... Um, that's that's something that I do pretty much every day. I mean, I did it throughout the lockdowns as well, and it, it kind you? of wow it enabled me to to retain a modicum of sanity throughout the lockdowns. Actually, <laughs> just just getting up and getting ready, and just even going for a walk. Yeah. Um. It just it, it makes you feel good about yourself. Have you ever had a off day? Like, no, I'm not going to shave. I'm not going to wear any of these vintage gear. I'm just going to be in my. Have you got a tracksuit bottom and tracksuit tops? <laughs> I've got one pair of tracksuit bottoms and one kind of sweatshirt. That, um, that's like my lounging gear. Yeah. Um, have you come to yeah. only one, though? That's, yeah. That's my Uber Eats gear. When I pop downstairs to pick up my Uber Eats, that's what I'm wearing. <laughs> and have you had those many times? Like, oh, no, I'm not going to, I'm just going to wear this. That's it for a few days. I want to leave the flat. No. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the last time I did that. Actually, tell a lie. When I was when I was unwell. Okay. When I was unwell. Right. That's uh, reasonable. That's reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, provisions in my <laughs> tracksuit. Um, how do you? That was a look. So, so, sorry, say that again. And a pair of vintage red wing. That was a look. My my grey tracksuit and my red wing boots. Well, there you go. Um, the net, okay. <laughs> <laughs> How do you get? You know, how do you put the outfits together? Louis, I think everybody wants to know this bit. Um, I, I would say that the, the most important thing for me when when putting outfits together is tones, um, colours and tones. I would say, right, uh, sort of tones more more than colours. But um, I'll have a I'll have a silhouette in mind. Um, and then sort of build it around that. Um, I'm, I'm definitely not a, 
a vintage purist when it comes to sort of adhering to a, a particular decade or era. Um, if I put an outfit together and it's a, a combination of vintage 30s, 40s and 70s pieces or whatever, um, that doesn't bother me. If, if I like the way it looks and for me it works, then it works. Um, so I'm definitely not a purist in that sense. Um, but yeah, I, I would say... I, I, I like having fun with it. Right. Cool. Uh, and I, I like playing about colours and tones and seeing what works. I like I like playing about with silhouettes um, and just seeing what works. But for me, that's, that's I would say that's paramount, is having fun with it and kind of being playful. And it's, for me, it's got to be enjoyable. Yeah. Like I, I dress the way that I, because I enjoy it. Yeah. And what about colours? How do you put the colours together kind of thing? Because, you know, with vintage, um, it's what you've got there, is it, you know? Um, but how do you go about putting certain colours together? Because you, you, because when you wear your outfits, you, you do it so well. Oh, thank you. Um, I was talking to someone about this recently, actually, with, um, with my, my pink zoot suit that I've got. Um, yeah. And uh, an outfit... Um, that I wore recently was my my pink zoot suit with that a um, amazing pink zoot suit. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I'm in love with it. That's that's like my day off suit at the moment. Whenever I've got a day off work, I'll just sort of like that's, that's I'm promenading my my pink suit. Um, but yeah, and I, I had a um, like a, a yellow and um, sort of tan striped tie with it, and then a, um, like a a camp hat. Um, and my my inspiration for those colours was um, like Neapolitan ice cream. Um, so quite quite, and it could be things like like food or sweets or whatever. Like I look at certain colours together and think that would work as an outfit. Wow. Um, I didn't see it yeah. that way actually. Wow, that's that's quite interesting. Yeah, I was just sort of looking at. Uh, kind of complementary colours and just, just thinking, would that work? And then just trying it out. Um, Interesting. Yeah, and I've got uh, I've got a lot of ties which um, which kind of bring outfits together, kind of tie, tie it all in. So um, I don't know if I've got a, a certain colour top um, and then pair of trousers that that without a tie might not necessarily work right. if you've got those colors in the tie and then maybe a third color as well it sort of ties it all together if you pardon the pun um but yeah it's, it's just just sort of experimenting with it what would you say about menswear at the moment with um well, actually, who would you say is well-dressed at the moment, Louis? Um, are we talking about on Instagram? Uh, Just general, celebrity? Not celebrities. No, forget about not them. Not celebrities. <laughs> um, I wouldn't have a clue anyway, to be honest. No, um, <laughs> nor would I. So well, don't worry. Well-dressed well men on Instagram. Yeah, um, who would you say at the moment is? Paul Stafford. He's, right. he's definitely yeah, up he, there. I love the way Paul Stafford dresses. Yeah, he, he's uh, pretty cool. Yeah, uh, Mark Large. Mm -hmm. 
Hassani and Goya, who yeah. um, he does that kind of uh, 70s look fantastically well, always looks amazing. Um, and I think the, the thing that, um, or one of the things that all three of those have in common is um, individuality. Yeah. Um, and, and kind of doing their thing in, in a way that is unique to them. Um, Do you think like, individuality, it's more now than it was before? Um, I think I think it's a lot a lot easier to be um, to be kind of eccentric or or an individual than than it has been in the past, which is a positive thing. Right. Um, I think um, being being different um, is is a lot more accepted. Than, than it was in the past. I mean, even even when I was um, in my my late teens and um, early twenties, and sort of dressing in a way that um, might have been considered kind of outre or flamboyant. Yeah. Um, I, I used to get a a lot of grief for it. I used to get a lot of hassle. Yeah, I was going to um, ask you about that actually. It, that was something that I was going to go on to. Did you get any grief the way you were dressed? Absolutely. I was talking to someone about this recently, actually. Um, right. uh, quite a young client of mine at the barbershop um, who was saying that he he gets a bit of that, um, which surprised what? me, um, especially because um, the, the barbershop's in Shoreditch. Wow. Um, which is obviously very kind of cosmopolitan and, yeah. and diverse. Um, but yeah, I, I did. I got a lot of grief um, in, my, in my late teens and early 20s. Um, and it... It, it kind of made me very, very thick-skinned. Right. Um, Good. But yeah, I think it's it's a lot easier. It's a lot easier to be an individual or kind of um, maverick or eccentric now than it was um, 15, 20 years ago. But then I think 15, 20 years ago, it was a, a lot easier than it was 20 years prior to that. Yeah. yeah. Um, it means that we're kind of moving in the right direction. It's, it's. I mean, you know, you you're saying that the young guy who's been um, just recently um, getting a lot of stick about the way he dresses. I find that really weird. What now? Even in 2022, it's like anyone can dress. Absolutely. Like, anyone yeah. should be allowed to dress what the way they want to dress. You know, it's like. Uh, absolutely, and I think um, I think what I often forget though is I. I I work in Shoreditch and I live nearby, so I spend most of my time yeah. um, in a, a very kind of um, diverse, cosmopolitan and um, accepting place. Um, and I, I think I can sometimes forget that, that not everywhere is like that. Yes, yeah, um, so, so you might you might not necessarily get get stick um in Shoreditch, but then I don't know, you go out to to North London suburbia or, or somewhere more provincial and um pe- people can still be quite quite, I don't know, ignorant or insular or parochial and um and you're more likely to get stick. Um but yeah you, you would you would hope that that most places in in the UK in, in twenty twenty two would <laughs> A lot more kind of 
open-minded. Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, it's not the case. With menswear, right? Which is your favourite um, time era in menswear? Um, I would say I would say mid twentieth century. Um, Why? Thirties so to fifties. Um, I think mainly mainly for the silhouette. Right. Um, and um, because I, I think people dressed up more um i mean i love my high-waisted trousers um does it come back on the high-waisted trousers i think as well at the moment because i see i'm seeing a lot of it on instagram yeah um i I, I just think it's a, a very flattering look yeah um i think it it sort of accentuates the the right parts of the body, um, hold you in at the waist. Um, it's quite, it's quite a masculine look. But it's also elegant um, as well at the same time. Say that again, sorry. It's it's also elegant as well in the same time. Absolutely, absolutely. In fact, um, I, I was I was thinking about this when um, when researching for for my zoot suit, and yeah. what I love about the zoot suit. Um, is it's kind of simultaneously very masculine and very feminine, yeah, and elegant, yeah, um, and yeah, that, that that's what I love about that kind of mid twentieth century look. Um, it is it's masculine, but it's also like you say, it's very elegant. What would you say to someone if if they wanted to dress the way you are dressing at the moment? How to go about it? Um, I would say, like like I said earlier, I think of paramount importance is is to have fun with it, and um, I think to to never take yourself too seriously, um, and to 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 find a look that works for you, um, clothes that that you enjoy wearing. Um, I think it's it's important to to kind of get. Um, influences and inspiration from from different people from different eras um and yeah just just have fun with it i think um i mean i, I love reading so i love um i love researching yeah. um different period history um what was worn uh, yeah. at different times in the yeah. past i love watching old films um yeah. I love reading old novels, which um, being a very kind of visual thinker, um, it, it evokes images mm. for me. Um, and then I want to, I want to kind of research a little bit more and, and find out more about it. So um, I say, yeah, have fun with it. Um, find a look that works for you, and and do a bit of research because it's fun. Last question, um, Louis. Um, who's your style icon? Do you have one? Um, I don't know if I've got one style icon. Well, do you look at anyone icon? that you, you, you <clears throat> always like, felt like, oh, yeah, I like his style, like from the past? Um, we're talking about it could be the old actors or singers uh, or writers, artists. I think because 
not necessarily for the way that he dressed, but the fact that he was so eccentric and such a maverick at the time that he was, Quentin Crisp. Yeah. Uh, to, to be to be dressed in the way that he dressed in the in the forties. Yeah. Um, is is kind of admirable. Um, I love the way Kevin Rowland from yeah. Dexy's dresses, um, and has done for decades. He's got he's got impeccable style. Um, and um, very much an individual. Um, loads of loads of old actors and musicians. Um, uh, Gary Cooper. Yep. Love the way that he dressed. Um, Clark Gable, Gary Grant. Um, they were dressed so well. They were dressed so well. It was some. It was like when whenever you even if you look at the images now, right. It's just yeah. like a huge part of menswear. Huge. Uh, it's timeless. It's I know, timeless. It's timeless. And that, that's, that's why so many people are dressing that way now. Um, I mean, that's, that's coming up to, like, what, 80 or 90 years ago now, I isn't know. it? And then people are still dressing like that because it's, it's a timeless look and it's, it's flattering. Um, as we were saying, it's, it's elegant. See, I would, I would say... Um, Actors from the golden age of Hollywood. Um, yeah. So what's your plan for the next part in menswear? Um, Are you doing anything, um, any good collaborations or what's your next? I've got, uh, got some collaborative high-waisted flares out at the moment with um, Mendoza menswear. Yeah. Um, on Portobello Road, which I'm excited about. I absolutely love them. Um, I, was, I was lusting after a pair myself for ages, and I've, I've done this collaboration with um, with Levi at Mendoza now, who I actually bought some of my, my first vintage pieces from. Um, wow. okay. When I was about 17, he, he used to have his shop on um, Brick Lane, and he used to be mostly vintage before he started doing his own thing. So I've, I've known Levi for over 15 years now. Um so yeah, very, very excited about this collaboration. Um, and they're they're kind of seventies, um, almost like superfly kind of inspired. Wow. Um, and yeah, they're great. Um, so chuffed at those. Excited about those. I would I would love to do more collaborations. It's I think you. It's something. That, yeah. I, I I think a lot of the menswear brands should actually get um hire you as well to do certain things because i think your your style is amazing um thank you know appreciate that and on that note i just wanted to say thank you louis for coming on on a sunday lunchtime <laughs> doing this and it's been an absolute an honor because i think you're thank you it's been thank great. you for having me really enjoyed chatting thank you louis you're very welcome speak to you soon